0: Dear sports fans, elevate your game to the next level with a Toyota truck. Drive the crowd favorite Tacoma. This versatile playmaker is ready to own the weekend. Choose the tailgating MVP, the Toyota Tundra. This is one vehicle that comes up clutch. Or ride in the adventurous 4Runner, a true champion on and off the road. Whichever truck you choose, you're getting a real winner. Come join the team of champions, Toyota trucks. Visit Toyota.com to learn more or check out your local Toyota dealership today. Toyota, let's go places.
1: What's up, friends? And before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about the Denver Rubber Company because you know how supporting local business is in our blood. And that's why we're super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company. And it may not be what you think it is. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses and guess what snow is coming in fact snow is here today and we've already had a taste of it you'll need Denver rubber company when it comes to anything snow plows DRC can cut to size and pre-slot most snow plow rubber the blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We went and checked out their warehouse a few weeks back, and it was nothing short of amazing. These guys have created proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades, and we even witnessed machines that cut material that are used in bulletproof vests. Remember, Denver Rubber Company custom makes it all, and you can purchase products for yourself and, of course, buy bulk at a fantastic rate. They're a family-owned business with loyalty only to the people just like us here at dnvr so be sure to call them today for any snow plow needs custom gaskets hoses etc at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them today at drcfirst.com dnvr and make sure you tell them who sent you all right let's jump into the show Welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast. I'm your host Zach Stevens, joined by my good friend Andrew Mason, Mace. The Broncos are back. They're back. They didn't lose this weekend. <laughs> exactly. Undefeated.
2: <laughs> uh, they're undefeated against the bye, going back to 1990, the first year of bye weeks. <laughs> Very exciting. Of course, they're also ten point underdogs. Oh. Going into next Sunday oh. at Minnesota. <sighs> Trying to figure out what to make of what the Vikings did last night. Is it good that they hung on to win? Is it bad? Are the Broncos still in the realm where you're talking about wins potentially being bad, losses being
1: good? I mean, it's kind of complicated. The Broncos are in the middle ground, which is the worst place to be. And Mace... When we we think about where the Broncos are, you probably need a cup of Strava Craft coffee because this thing, you, you need you need your brain to be awake to decide if the Broncos are in a good place, bad place. Should they win? Should they lose? Where are they? And Strava Craft coffee will help you do that. And of course, they are our wonderful presenting sponsor on this podcast. And you need yourself a cup on this cold day in the Mile High City to get the coffee boost, but also. Strava Craft Coffee is great because it has the CBD benefits, helps with aches, pains, anything. So many people in the office use it, so make sure you check them out. And use the code DNVR20 to receive 20% off. And happy Veterans Day, especially from Strava Craft Coffee. Any veteran receives 30% off today. So when you listen to this, make sure you go and you check out Strava Craft Coffee. And Mace... The Broncos sitting at three and six, with Kansas City losing yesterday. They're three games back of first place in their division. Oh, they're also don't three. Do this. They're also three games up of the the number one overall pick uh, ahead of, or I guess the Bengals now own the number one overall pick. So and you're saying they're as close to the very bottom as they are to the top of the AFC? E- exactly. So and uh, let's be real here. And they're two games away from the number two overall pick. So they are really just, or or, they got some help yesterday. If you're talking
2: about the goal being a high draft pick, you had the Jets upsetting the Giants. You had the Dolphins upsetting the Colts. Dolphins getting lucky enough to draw the Colts with Brian Hoyer, quarterback, and not Jacoby Brissett. And also, like the Broncos, the Dolphins had a chance to benefit from Adam Vinatieri missing a PAT paid off for the Dolphins didn't quite work out for the Broncos. <laughs> yep. Of course, that being said, you look at the at how even though the Colts didn't have Bursette, you look at the fact that the Dolphins beat them and the Broncos bare you know lost to the Colts, albeit barely, and you say, wow, they're in the same realm with the Dolphins, but also you can look at the Broncos beating the Browns. And the Browns beating the Bills at home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just all kind of muddled and messy right now as it tends to get at the midpoint of a lot of NFL seasons. There are probably only a handful of truly elite teams. The Vikings might be one of them, yep. which is why this matchup is problematic. The Bills, I responded to somebody on, somebody on Twitter yesterday. I don't think the Broncos win that game, but I will say this. I think that Bills game in 13 days, plays out as a which quarterback makes the biggest single mistake type of game that ends up 13-10, 13-9, 10-9, something like that.
1: Yeah, to me, this Vikings game seems as difficult as any game that the Broncos will play on the schedule, including... Kansas City and Kansas City, of course, they fell to the Titans, who the Broncos beat earlier in the season. The, they, they fell yesterday. And the Bills game, however, seems a little bit easier. Not an easy game, but maybe we are giving them a 1% chance to win. Maybe it's up to 5%, 10% after yesterday. And Mace, we, of course, those are the Broncos' next two games. And we're going to dive into those uh, very much coming up this week. But do you want to grade the defensive performance? Before we do that, I got to throw a stat out there. Mm. Um,
2: Who is the name that is at the center of this game for longtime Bronco fans? It's Gary Kubiak, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. It's also, to a lesser degree, Rick Dennison. Yep. The Broncos have gone against teams with Kubiak on the staff four times really including once when he was a co- when he was coaching the 49ers as an assistant under offensive coordinator Mike Shanahan and head coach Joy Seifert
1: <laughs>
2: Denver is one in three in those games their only win was at home so Owen, 0- so Owen two on the road a loss in 1994 a loss at Houston in 2007 a twenty four twenty three win at Denver in twenty ten that was one of Tim Tebow's starts, mm-hmm. and a thirty one twenty five loss at Denver in twenty twelve. Peyton Manning played in that game. I think you may recall that was the game where Joe May's had the huge hit on Matt <laughs> yeah.
1: Schaub. Yep. Yeah. Who would Who'd have thought a Matt Schaub led team on the road would beat a Peyton Manning team? Well, remember Matt
2: Schaub's presence is a reason why the Texans elected to pass on. Yep. Peyton Manning in 2012. And the other thing that's interesting is the Broncos have gone against teams that have uh, Rick Dennison on the coaching staff. They've done it twice in recent years, of course, 2017 and 2018. And then uh, looking back, they also went against the Texans when Rico was their offensive coordinator beat lost, uh, beat them in 2010, and then 2013, after Kubiak was not the head coach, lost them in 2012, and then lost a couple of games with just Rico on the staff, and that was back in 2017 at Buffalo. Oh, I remember and that. And then 2018 against the Jets when the Jets ran all over the Broncos, trampled them on the ground. So... History does not favor the Broncos going
1: up against Rick
2: Dennison and Gary Kubiak is what I'm saying. We'll
1: what, a, what a way to start off the Monday, Mace. You, you, you give us so much optimism about the Broncos' chances this weekend. First, you hit us with uh, their 10-point underdogs on the road. Minnesota coming off a road victory. I can see it now.
2: Mace is being negative. <laughs> I'm just being real. I'm just pointing out facts
1: here, people. And I'm I appreciate being, that. I'm, you, I'm not being negative. You're killing us with truth, and I, I love it. That that That's what we need. No, I—
2: there, There's somebody else in this market who says he kills you with truth.
1: So I have to have something different. I kill you with facts. There we go. You kill truth us. Truth
2: and facts aren't always the same because truth is sometimes based on perception. Yep. Facts are facts.
1: <laughs> and Mace, why don't you give me some facts about this Broncos defense? Of course, last week, at the end of last week, we graded the Broncos offense through uh, nine games of the season. Now let's look at the defensive side. Ready to kill me with some facts? Let's start with the big boys up front.
2: Yeah, let's start start there. And first of all, the defense as a whole, since week five, only the Niners and Patriots are playing across the board better football than the Broncos on on defense. So let's look at the uh, group up front. Of course, week five was the moment that the Broncos shuffled their defensive line. Mike Purcell in at nose tackle. Shelby Harris kicked out the defensive end. You also saw Adam Gotsis deactivated. He was active last week when uh, DeMarcus Walker was dealing with the hip issue, but those changes galvanized the unit, but let's start with the guy who is at the top of the class for the Broncos defensive line, talking, of course, about eight-year veteran Derek Wolf. I'm giving him an A plus Mm. for the last five games, a B for the first four, and thus an A-grade for Derek Wolf to this point in the season.
1: Yeah, I really like that as well. You can't forget about and completely ignore what happened at the beginning of the season. He wasn't bad, but also he was hurt, and he wasn't kind
2: of the force of nature that he's become the last five games.
1: Exactly, and that's why I go A- as well, Mace, is because he has been tremendous the past five games. And what, I mean, he, he has just proven the player that he can be over this stretch, and that's why the Broncos used a second-round pick on him. That's why John Elway signed him up instead of Malik Jackson during that Super Bowl run, and he's looking like he's ready for another payday. He has he has played phenomenal these past five games. Let's go to Mike Purcell,
2: then nose tackle, moving inside. He's made the unit better. At the same time, he's now been fined two weeks in a row, two fifteen-yard penalties in successive games. You start wondering with Mike Purcell, is he a Band-Aid or is he somebody that's a long-term answer? I think it's more likely that he's probably a Band-Aid and then maybe you're looking to the middle rounds next year uh, for a long-term nose tackle and Purcell becomes a depth piece on the defensive line. But for what he's been, detouring of the AAF, looked like his career was on the scrap heap. He, he's been solid. Overall, I'll give him a B-. minus. The penalties are really Hurting his cause right now
1: yeah and i'll go b plus when he stepped in he was he was great uh especially at first gave the defense what they needed but mace why do i why do i give him a b plus but feel the exact same way that you feel i think he's because probably you just on a the stop curve. gap
2: because you grade on the curve you you and brian talked about this you guys grade <laughs> on a curve i'm not doing any curves here I, i'm the strict professor in this room here.
1: And I would probably be giving him an A if it weren't for those penalties, which y- you can't have. I mean, he stepped in and he's he's filling in the role of Dometa Pecco, who had a ton of penalties. He He's filling that too. You absolutely can't have that, especially from just a, a run-stuffing defensive tackle spot. And the other
2: thing to consider here is you're talking about the Broncos being the type of team that's going to play a lot of close games. And these are games decided on things like penalties. Mm-hmm things like, you know, missed mid-range kicks, you're basically looking at a lot of contests being decided on what may seem like on the, on are on the margins, but these are important things, and uh, so Purcell's got to clean that up. Look, he's been given a great opportunity coming back to Denver's hometown team. Of course, he's from the mean streets of Highlands Ranch, as it were, and... It's all there in front of him. He knows Vic Fangio going back to his time in San Francisco. It's the perfect opportunity for him to resuscitate his career. But if he can't break out of this pattern of unnecessary penalties, A, it's going to really hit him in the wallet. I mean, he's a guy making just yeah. the league minimum for where he is experience-wise. This is not a player with a $10 million-a-year contract. Those fines are something costly, Yeah, really Hammering him in the wallet, so it's going to hurt him in the wall, and it's going to hurt him, frankly, in the wallet as well long term because this is his chance to potentially add another three or four years to his career, yeah. if not more,
1: based on how he plays here. This is the opportunity he's got to capitalize on it. You're 100 right now, Mace. Let's go to the other side, and we go. Do we go, with Shelby Harris, at the outside spot? We go with Shelby. Let's we'll, we'll grade everybody. Shelby Harris, will
2: grade. I think Draymond Jones. Has he played enough to get a grade, or does he kind of fall into the incomplete category? Yeah, probably the I. Okay. So let's grade Shelby Harris, let's grade Adam Gotsis, and let's grade, of course, Demarcus Walker. Start with Shelby Harris.
1: Shelby Harris gets gets a B for me.
2: Are you going to grade him as a defensive end or as a nose tackle?
1: I'm grading him as a defensive end.
2: Okay. Then well, he, I
1: guess we we should do both. Since we did that with Derek Wolf, we grade him on the on the entire season. Nose um, tackle – C minus. There's a reason why he got benched. He was just getting pushed around a
2: little bit too much at that spot. Defensive end is perfect for him. Look, I'm not going to fault him, though, for what happened at nose tackle. That's not an actual position for him. It's not where he should be playing. When you try to jam square pegs and around holes, stuff like that happens. Shelby Harris is playing the position for which he's best suited and is doing it well. B plus. Good. Good performance for Shelby Harris.
1: Yeah, I I, I like that. I'm going to go just a solid B. You just want a little more pass rush for him, even from that defensive end spot, only one sack on this season so far. But, but I like by being he...
2: stout against the run, he's setting up pass rush opportunities for everybody else, setting up second and long and third and long situations. Yep,
1: yep, exactly. That's why a, a B for me. Uh, Adam Gotsis. He wasn't much of a factor uh-uh. in the
2: first four games. He wasn't hurting the team, but he wasn't helping it. Yeah, uh,
1: you say C minus. Yeah, D because the coaching staff told me what I needed to know. Being inactive and benched uh, since since week four, of course he he did play in the last game, but that was just due to a uh, Demarcus Walker injury. And it's a downgrade, him. and
2: you could see it against the Browns. Uh, they weren't getting the same kind of interior pass rush push from that position. So let's go to Demarcus Walker. His job is interior pass rusher. He's doing it very well. He's one of the most efficient pass rushers in all of football based on his pressure rate relative to his pass rush snaps. According to Pro Football Focus, I'm giving him an A-. minus.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's his I, job, and he's doing it well. Exactly, and I like the A minus as well. Uh, you you, you want to see him eventually develop into a guy that never leaves the field, but right now, what he is is he's at situational pass rush, and he's doing a good job. Does he need to be that though?
2: I mean, you could be a situational pass rusher on a team that is forcing second and long, third and long. You're playing fifty five percent of the snaps, and that's more than sufficient for a starting de- caliber defensive end. And that skill set, the pass rushing skill set. It's hard to find an interior pass rusher. Yeah, you may you may sacrifice a little bit of stoutness uh, on the interior when he's in there, but a pass rush, there's few defensive linemen who are pass rushing at the level that he is right now.
1: It's true. So. It, it, it It's really true. Uh, a, a nice surprise, too, and that could be a piece that really helps the Broncos moving forward more than just this year as well. All right, Mace, let's move to the next level of this defense, but we'll still stay on that front of the front seven part let's go how do we do i guess we'll start with von miller
2: von miller hmm
1: b. a b but wow. you're grading
2: on a curve i'm not grading on a curve he's still an above average player
1: i yes i am grading von miller Based off the guy that's making $20 million, number two overall pick, your star, not just on defense, but the entire team, that's why I'm going C-minus, and he he has been good in the run game. Uh, he hasn't hurt you, but you need special from Vaughn. You need him to be the guy, especially with Bradley Chubb stepping out, and he hasn't been. We just talked about Demarcus Walker. Von Miller has as many sacks as DeMarcus Walker. He has And one fewer than Derek Wolf, by the way. Exactly. One fewer. You need Von Miller to be a game wrecker. You don't need Von Miller to be a good, solid player all around. You need him to be a game wrecker, and he hasn't done that. Here's
2: what I say for Von Miller's B. You're a guy that most of your time has brought home straight A's on the report card. Now you're bringing home something that's a 3.0 2.9 <laughs> what's up with that what happened are you you know you start saying are you not are you not spending enough time on your homework yep are you staying up too late <laughs> what's going on here man shape up you're not paying for a 2.9 3.0 GPA for, right. for von Miller right. you're paying for 4.0 oh, right and yep. he hasn't delivered
1: that yep that that's very fair all right how do we do this the spot opposite von Miller
2: uh well gray Bradley Chubb and Malik Reed. I thought Chubb, it wasn't a spectacular season, but it was solid. I, I'd, again, I'd give him a B. Uh, Malik Reed.
1: Really quick on Chubb, I'd probably go see similar reasons yeah. as Vaughn.
2: Uh, Malik Reed, he's been solid. I mean, I, I don't think skill set wise he uh, matches up to Vaughn Miller, but looks like he's a keeper at least stronger against the run than I expected as well. And that's why I'm going to give him a B. I knew he could do stuff in the pass rush. We all saw that, but you looked at him being 237 pounds and thought, okay, can he really hold up at the point of attack?
1: He has. So I'm giving him a B. Yep. And I'm going B plus giving him a little boost of course with my curve, but also because you haven't noticed uh, Bradley Chubb not being on the field. You, You haven't been like, oh my gosh, look how hurt this defense is without Bradley Chubb. Now it, Malik Reed hasn't taken over games and, and, and things like that, but he has been way better than anyone would have ever thought.
2: You know what might actually be an interesting thing for the defense here? What? Um, what if? And believe me, this is a hypothetical, as mm-hmm. they said mm-hmm. in office space. Mm-hmm. Von Miller got six sacks in the last seven games, got back on track but you knew you had Bradley Chubb coming back. You realized that Malik Reed could start. What if you get Von Miller back up to speed and you're trading Von Miller? Mm, In the offseason? Yes. Yeah. As part of a deal, maybe a deal to move up. I'd be okay with that.
1: By the way, after we do our grades, there's something I need to say about Joe Burrow, but we'll get into that. Oh, yes, there certainly, certainly is. All right, let's move to the inside backers. Let's go Todd Davis.
2: See, it's interesting because with Todd Davis and even Josie Jewell as well, the guy next to them is what's making their success possible because you can't play Todd Davis and Josie Jewell together. You're just not athletic enough at the position. But when you have Alexander Johnson going sideline to sideline, reading plays well, playing with his hair on fire, as the cliche goes, Todd Davis or Josie Jewell each look a lot better. So that's why I'm going to say Josie Jewell, C, Todd Davis, B-, minus. Alexander Johnson, A. I like all of those. Even with the horse collar that was dubious, but still, you can't get your hand up in that area giving the official an excuse to throw the flag there. It's something you just have to avoid.
1: And Alexander Johnson's a good tackler. He shouldn't have to do that. He and he knows better. Mace, I agree with all of those, except for one, Alexander Johnson. The curve helps him. I'm going A+. plus. This guy has been a baller, missed, it didn't start a game until October 6th, and he has completely transformed this Broncos defense. Has he had the mental mistakes and not been in place and been helped out by guys like Isaac Yadam on the field? Yes, he, he, he has. But... The curve helps, and he has been a tremendous bright spot. If he c- keeps playing like this, we're going to have people stop saying, what about Devin Bush? What Should they have traded up to get Devin White? I can't believe they passed on Devin Bush and, and, and missed that. This guy has been absolutely tremendous. Yeah.
2: <sighs> I'm waiting for people to shut up about Devin Bush, by the way. <laughs> because he's actually been a liability at co-
1: in coverage at times, too. Yeah. Yeah, he, 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 he's he been flashy. He He's had his streaks, which is what you expect from a rookie, mm-hmm. just like we're talking about with Noah Fant. But yeah, he hasn't been the all-world consistent week in and week and out. And you can't judge that trade for another couple
2: of years anyway because it resulted in Noah Fant, and then the domino effect helped you get Drew Locke. So it, exactly. Wait and see.
1: All right, let's move to the secondary mace, Chris Harris Jr.
2: B+. Hmm. Hmm. This is going to be another curve grade for you, isn't it?
1: Hmm. I don't know. We'll have to see. Oh, we're gonna find out right now. What's I'm, your grade? I'm going B plus as well. Okay, yeah, that's fair. We're on this. We're on the same page there. Uh, similar to Von Miller, that Chris is a guy who has done pretty much everything he asked. He has been beat maybe one or two times more than you would have expected, or, or than he has in the past. But he's still been so good. I don't say. fault him on the Tyree Hill play. That was
2: great play design by the Chiefs. Yep. Don't fault him on T.Y. Hilton. I mean, he's having to hold his coverage a long time, and he kept T.Y. Hilton in check. It's actually a couple of the catches by OBJ
1: last week that make me uh, yeah uh, go B plus rather than A minus. Yep. Yeah. I I I I agree. Did you think I was going higher or lower? I thought he might go lower. He yeah. might be like, Oh, you're paying him this much, you gave him an extra three million. I'm gonna give him a seat. I thought you'd do that. Well, he's a he is an A player. Um, and so there there's a little bump down for that. All right, let's go the other side. Just the collection of cornerbacks that they've had at their number two spot. Okay. Um
2: I think you have to give Isaac Yadam a D minus. Sorry. Yeah. Even though he did move Alexander Johnson <laughs> yeah. over to set up the play. At the goal line against the Chargers back in Week Five, but he just—it was too big for him. Yeah, Uh, Devontae Harris, solid B. Duke Dawson, C. There have been some flashes. Bryce Callahan, I.
1: Is Bryce Callahan even on this team? Like he's a rumor. You're. That's nice of you, Mason. I. I, You're gonna say an F, yeah. Well, no. Is it on him or is it on the? Training staff, the medical staff. Sure, I guess I'll say Bryce Callahan's situation in general is an F.
2: It's an F for the Broncos.
1: Right. For
2: Bryce Callahan himself, it's an I. Yeah. You can't grade him. Sure.
1: For the Broncos, bringing him in, coming
2: off the foot injury. Now, again, remember, he lingered on the market for about a week. Now we know why.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: That's why he was a second-tier signee, even though his play in Chicago screamed, First tier signed in the first wave, 24 hours within the start of free agency and didn't work out because of the foot. The Broncos rolled the
1: dice and it came up snake eyes. Yep. It, exactly. So I, I completely agree there. Devonte Harris, man, I'm going a minus. He he has been, and again, he gets the curve bump for me. He has been kind of like um, Malik Reed. You haven't noticed that there's a, a what a sixth round pick. Playing on that opposite side of Chris Harris, he has been so, so solid. Let's get to my A's. Mm, go on the uh go in the safety group. Yes. Kareem Jackson A. Justin Simmons A plus.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Pay the man.
1: Yeah. There's no there's no reason not to. You know he's part of your future. What are you waiting for?
2: You can make an argument he's the best player on the defense right now.
1: Sure. You you absolutely can. And that's why I'm going A's across the board for both of those guys. Not an A-plus for Justin, but A's for Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons. Both of those guys have been solid every single game, or great every single game, and both of them have taken over games at times. Some of it is schematic, of course. Vic Fangio brings out the best in his safeties.
2: We saw it in Chicago. We're seeing it now. So that leads to the question, do you re-sign Justin Simmons knowing that, okay, the scheme has helped him out? The thing with Justin Simmons is that I think now he's just showing the talent that was always there, mm-hmm. but for various reasons, schematic confusion, just simply growing into the role, it didn't always manifest itself manifest itself on the field. It is now. Pay the man. You're not going to find better. You're not going to find
1: close to better on the market. Just do it. I completely, completely agree. And Mace, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about Joe Burrow, but what John always should do right now is he should take Justin Simmons out to get a drink and maybe a Breckenridge beer, a strawberry sky and decide on a contract, get him locked down. I don't think anyone would disagree with that, but the reason that why, why he should go off for a Breckenridge beer is Because if he offers Justin a strawberry sky, maybe he'll get a little bit of hometown discount because of how good it is. And guys, even though it is very, very cold today, a strawberry sky is perfect for any occasion. You guys need to make sure you can get your hands on these, man. It is so cool hearing from you guys during the bye week throughout this season of People driving 60 miles to get Strawberry Sky, people driving 200 miles to get Strawberry Sky. We love hearing from you. And you know what? Every person has said that is travel a far distance to get it. It was worth it. And I would do it again. They've said also damn good beer. <laughs> exactly. The Strawberry Sky is unbeatable. So we want to make sure that every single one of you has an opportunity to taste some. And when you do, Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter and let us know exactly how damn good of a beer it is. And then maybe after that, Mace, you go and check out the Green Solution, which has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. So get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online and head to the closest Green Solution for pickup and use the code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase at The Green Solution. All right, Mace, before we hear from the listeners, I can't believe that I forgot about this game. I need to hear about Joe Burrow.
2: Well, I've been telling you about Joe Burrow for the last couple weeks now. I'm a Burrow believer. I'm on the Burrow bus.
1: I think everyone is now.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And unfortunately, that includes the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm sure, and... The Bengals looked dreadful in Ryan Finley's first start on Sunday against the Ravens. The Bengals look like they could go 0-16.
1: They certainly do. They
2: have replaced the Dolphins. The Dolphins are feisty. The Bengals just look like they've up and quit. Yep. The Tiger has laid down in the (laughs) Savannah and is taking a nap. (laughs) So they're sitting there with the number one overall pick. I tweet out on Saturday, Joe Burrow, whatever it takes. It's sort of my version of the Vontae Mack no matter what.
1: <laughs>
2: <sighs> I don't think the Bengals are likely to trade the first-round pick. Nope. If they are, it'll take a heck of a deal. Put it this way. Back in 1983, when the Broncos got John Elway, Elway, did, of course, did not want to play for the Baltimore Colts. It didn't take all that much. It took... The first-round pick in 1983, that was uh, Chris Hinton, a first-rounder in 1984, and uh, Mark Herman, who was a quarterback on the roster at the time, played briefly for the Broncos in 1982. And part of the reason why it was not a good deal and why the Colts didn't get more is because you had... Robert Ursay, the owner, doing the negotiation. And that was a mistake. <laughs> Ernie, of course, their GM has talked about how he would have held out for a lot more and he didn't want to trade the pick anyway. So you're not going to get that sort, of, that sort of discount. Might take three ones and something. But I did get to thinking that if the Bengals, like Drew Lock. That maybe he's involved with a deal. Mm -hmm. Um, Bengals have a lot of holes on the roster. They could look to that. The other thing, it hit me this morning as I was about to take a shower. What if Joe Burrow simply did not want to go to Cincinnati? What if he doesn't like Chili? (laughs) If he looks at Cincinnati and says, eh, nah. not my thing
1: <laughs> oh mace i feel so sad i feel so sad for you he, he's been in ohio okay
2: he played at ohio state athens ohio that's where he's from so he's an ohio guy it's one reason why the the Bengals might be all over him but he may look at cincinnati and say you know i grew up in athens ohio i went to ohio state i saw a lot of this team on television Deh.
1: don't really want to go through that A kid being able to go back to his hometown and saying, "Nope, not not going back to his hometown, his home state." In Athens,
2: Ohio, it's a good distance. It's kind of up toward the mountains. Uh, It's southeastern Ohio, and the Bengals, Cincinnati, southwest Ohio, and of course, he went to the Ohio State University before he transferred to LSU. Mm -hmm. So, what if Joe Burrow looks at all that and says, "Eh, (laughs) "You know, mm, I've I've watched a lot of their games over the years. Don't really want to play there."
1: Mace, I'm sorry. And what sorry. if John Elway is meeting with
2: Joe Burrow and says, hey, you know, you know, Joe, mm, here's what I did when I was young.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mace, you're making me sad because you want him so bad. And, you were the and he's going to be a Bengal. you were the first one to identify him, and he's... Just not going to be available in any way shape or form Zach Taylor's just salivating at the idea of getting him
2: well at this he he's salivating but what does Mike Brown think?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to be all in for burrow
2: at the same time Mike Brown has seen his team take quarterbacks at or near the top of the draft. The Bengals actually, looking at their history with the number one overall pick, they had Carson Palmer. They got some good years from him. It went south. He had the knee injury, of course, but toward the end, it really went south between him and the team to the point where they drafted Andy Dalton to replace yeah. Carson Palmer. Kijana Carter tore his ACL first preseason game back in 1995. Dan Wilkinson, big daddy, defensive lineman, number one overall pick in 1994. He was just, okay. What I'm saying is this. Mike Brown has a long memory (laughs) on this sort of thing. What if he looked at having the number one overall pick and then had a team that was dangling, say, three first-round picks? Yep and said, you know, I think I'll take this deal. Because you can look at the number one overall picks for the Bengals, and you had one that was an injury bust in Kijana Carter, one that was just okay in Dan Wilkinson, and one who was good but did have the ACL in the playoff game back in January 2016, wasn't quite the same after that, and eventually things devolved to where, There was a holdout, a standoff, and a trade. And that happened with Carson Palmer in year nine of his career. He Actually, actually he only started for the Bengals for uh, seven seasons, basically, 2004 through 2010. Mm -hmm. So who's making the call? Is it going to be Zach Taylor or is it going to be Mike Brown? Mike Brown is still the period that ends all sentences in Cincinnati.
1: Right. Yeah, no, it would be Mike Brown. So that's the X factor here, is Mike Brown. Mace, I love your optimism. Showing us the light to the Joe Burrow. I'm
2: not optimistic here. I'm just saying there's there's more to it. The Bengals have had the number one overall pick three times, and they hung on to it. But this may be a scenario where if some team comes offering – everything in the kitchen sink, say three number one picks plus a player, number one being first round, that maybe the Bengals think about it.
1: Mace, Mace here's a little optimism that, that that I'll shine your way, is I know that LSU went into Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama, but I've never been more confident that Alabama is going to win the national championship this year, which, Mace, could Allow Tua to be the number one overall pick, and, and I then, think we know the Broncos aren't taking Tua exactly. So then that's good news right there. And then maybe, maybe it's not the Dolphins who get the number one overall pick, maybe or the number two overall pick. Maybe I it's think Dolphins the Dolphins
2: have the fourth overall pick
1: right now. Is it the Falcons that have the number two overall pick? I think uh, Washington does. Okay, let's say let's say Washington and the Falcons get that number two overall pick. Then. This deal that you're talking about, about three number one overall picks or, or three first-round picks in order to trade up to get Joe Burrow, maybe that legitimately becomes a possibility. And then you're mortgaging everything, but then you actually have a shot and not just hoping that Mike Brown changes course. I think that that could happen. No, I could also well, let's see Alabama— Let's go the draft
2: order right now, by the way.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: Cincinnati 1, Washington 2, Giants 3, Dolphins 4— Jets five, Falcons six, Browns seven, Broncos eight, Bucks doing the Broncos a solid, overcoming some inept yep. management of replay challenges by Bruce Arians. By the way, saw it with Ray Perkins, saw it with Sam Weish, saw it with Lovey Smith. What is it about good, successful coaches going to Tampa and getting dumb? because the way Bruce Arians threw a challenge flag, when, first of all, he challenged a a pass interference penalty, and your chances of winning that are slim, so that costs you a timeout. Then, later in the quarter, when you have a play that if you challenge, you can get it, you're out of challenges, and Arians throws the challenge flag anyway, so he costs his team a timeout. (laughs) Seriously, someone on the bench if you're out of challenges, has got to take the challenge yep. flag and put it in a box. Yep. Put it in a lock box. Anyway, So the Bucks still won in part because they were playing the Cardinals who are ultimately the Cardinals. Yep. By the way, Cliff Kingsbury with some Andy Reid level clock management there at the end of that game. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Woof. Yeah. Too bad RK is not here to defend that, to defend his boy.
2: Yeah. We'll talk about this tomorrow. <laughs> Definitely. If he's on. I got to give him a little ribbing for his Cliff Kingsbury love. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, O.J. Howard came back from missing a couple of games for the Bucks, caught a touchdown, tight ends,
1: still feasting like it's Thanksgiving every Sunday on Vance Joseph's <laughs> defense. <laughs> Not the case so much more in Denver anymore with Vic Fangio's scheme. And, Mace, shall we listen to the listeners? Should we talk to the people now?
2: Yes, let's talk to the people. Let's talk with Sausage Sanga Harry with the first question. Hey guys, the Broncos currently have four Harrises on the roster. Can you name an NFL all-time Harris team? Mace will be doing the heavy lifting on
1: this one. Well, <laughs>
2: let's see here.
1: I'll will start off with Chris Harris Jr. at corner.
2: Yeah, and uh, let's see. I also I've actually got a list here of all the Harrises. I was prepared for this. Holy one. cow! Impressive um, in NFL history. Thank you to Pro Football Reference for that. Um. <laughs> so at cornerback you got Chris Harris, Jr. I think that's an obvious choice here. Yep. Um, you putting Devonte Harris on the other side? No. Uh, remember Walt Harris. Okay. Played for the bears for a while. I think he went to a pro bowl, uh, while he was with the 49ers toward the end of his career. So Chris Harris, Jr. Walt Harris are my, uh, cornerbacks. Uh, let's see. Safeties. Uh, Another Chris Harris, a Chris Harris who played for the Bears and Panthers back in the 2000s. He's a guy that you'd be looking at mm. as one of your Harris on all, your all Harris team. Man. Cliff Harris would be the other one. Okay. A guy who should be in the Hall of Fame yep. from the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, let's see. Let's look at the uh, linebacker really
1: quickly. Here. How about that? Two Chris Harris's in the secondary.
2: Yeah, it's impressive, huh?
1: Let's see. Linebackers, linebackers, linebackers.
2: Uh Napoleon Harris would be a candidate. Um let's see uh no, he only played two years. Uh outside linebacker, I think it's actually uh, you got Tim Harris. You start there. Um okay. uh, he played for the Packers and the forty ers very good pass rusher back in the uh late 80s and early nineteen nineties. Um, you probably go with uh, David Harris as one of the linebackers. He played eleven seasons, twenty oh seven 2007 to twenty seventeen. Um Who's your quarterback? Uh, James Shaq Harris played for the Rams in this in the 1970s. Mm. He was actually it was pointed out today. I think Peter King pointed out in his column um, the first African-American week one starting quarterback for a team. Wow. Marlon Briscoe had started for the Broncos, but he was not a week one starter. Right. So the Rams opened the season. I believe it was 1969 with James Shaq Harris as their quarterback. And he had some solid years. Yeah. For the Rams as well. So I think that's kind of a that's an easy choice. Of course, you got Franco Harris at running back. He's a Hall of Famer. Yep. Um, I think we also have to mention uh, Ryan
1: Harris. I think he's a good sure. candidate okay. tackle. He's the right tackle? Are we,
2: using, um, are we using Harris's with first names? Why not? Harris Barton, former 49er, would be another tackle. Okay. That you'd be uh, thinking uh, about. Uh, 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 uh. I'm looking at the wide receivers, and... It's actually pretty slim at wide receiver. Um, you probably have to go with Duriel Harris, who was a receiver for the Dolphins back in the 70s and 1980s. And then he played uh, 10 seasons there. Uh, let's see. Dwayne Harris is currently in the league. Um, uh, Leonard Harris back in the 80s. It's It's pretty slim there. Uh, tight end. You're probably looking at uh, either ML Harris, the former Bengal in the early 1980s, or Jackie Harris, ex-Packer, ex-Buck. I'd probably give the nod to, to Jackie Harris there,
1: over um over ML Harris. And how how about that, Sasha Singa Harry? We should probably call you Sasha Sangha Harris after this question. There's nowhere else you can find that information other than Mace when he kills us with facts and somewhere somebody is listening
2: and saying yeah there's a reason why it's nowhere else
1: (laughs) (laughs) next one coming in from uppercut of justice hello from the city in a forest I'm not saying it wasn't a somewhat difficult choice of whose code to use but I am saying that I probably wouldn't have gotten a free shirt if orange and blue was still going employee owned was really the straw that broke the cynical freeloading camel's back though workplace democracy for the win thank thank you uppercut of justice. kind of i'm making sort of the uh
2: you know locally owned employee owned even don't be a freeloader that's sort of the uh the the kramer on the pbs uh place drive
1: on seinfeld back in the day hey uh, you watch the station right you don't want me a
2: freeloader do you (laughs) anyway
1: and if you don't want to be a freeloader Make sure you use that code ZAC or MACE, Z A C, or of course MACE, M A S E, because we want you to join our family. We want you to not be a freeloader in breaking everyone's back on your way. We love you guys and we really want you to join our family. And, MACE, Here's the thing, if you use the code Zach, Z-A-C, or Mace, M-A-S-E, not only do you get to join our family, you get access to everything on thednvr.com from the Broncos coverage, Rockies coverage, Nuggets coverage, Ads coverage, Buffs coverage, Rams coverage, all of that. Plus, you get a free shirt and you get an opportunity to have your comments read exclusively here on the pod. Get any questions answered. Say hello to us. So when you use that code Zach, of course. Or Mace. (laughs) Make sure to say hi. Just like... um. Oh, wow. Just like uppercut of justice. And we got did. more
2: from him. So.
1: Exactly, we do. So let's jump into that. He says, something I was wondering about as you guys were deliberating on Deshaun Hamilton's grade. How much should the quarterback play affect the receiver's group grade? I know a great receiver like Sanders and Sutton can make up for poor throwing, see Allen to Sutton touchdown, but can someone with an overall B skill set make up for bad throws or simply not being looked to? I know someone like Hamilton was likely in the doghouse, but seeing Flacco not even look his way a few times has been mildly irritating. Seems an offense built around the mobility of an immobile quarterback, jump balls and checkdowns might artificially deflate some performances i don't just want some students gpa to suffer because the long-term substitute didn't know the material that's a wonderful analogy by the way i gotta tip the cap on that one it it really is also i've been on this train for a while now since ownership will never be handed to over to the city of denver give the team to mace fur coat and all love my shirt hate mose in atlanta at least yeah again i must have had a bad experience next time i go down south i'll have to have
2: mose there are no mose in colorado are there Moe's burritos.
1: I don't and th- tacos. I don't think so. Have you ever been to a Moe's? No, but I, I've seen. So you know the whole thing. of You walk in. Hey, welcome to Moe's. <laughs> like that. They say it every time.
2: Yes. <laughs> and the, and their burritos are named after pop culture things, which are kind of clever. Okay. You know? Yeah. You know, named after. Things like references from Back to School or Seinfeld or Friends or that sort of thing. <laughs> friends. <Ugh. laughs> anyway, uh, great point. By the way, first of all, if I got the team, you know what I'd be trying to do in the draft. <laughs> I've basically tipped my hand here. <laughs>
1: I think so. I think I know what you'd be doing. Burrow. <laughs> I've said it before, I'll say it again. In the parlance
2: of political commentator Chris Matthews, I get the thrill up my leg watching him play.
1: <laughs> Boy, he certainly gave you that on Saturday. Oh,
2: my goodness. It was actually fun seeing how social media was reacting to that. And I'm sitting in my chair and I'm just smiling, mm-hmm.
1: watching everybody see the light. It was fun. You were on it first, Mace.
2: Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it's a good point on Deshaun Hamilton. And clearly he and Flacco weren't on the same page. Now, granted, some of that may have been on Deshaun Hamilton himself because the week one dropped. Right. So he had the opportunity, and he didn't capitalize, and then Flacco just stopped looking at him, Yep. even though he's wide open. So some of it's on the substitute teacher. And I think, by the way, that's a great analogy for Joe Flacco, long-term sub. Him for a couple of months and that's it. <laughs> because I don't think Joe Flacco is going to be back with his team in 2020. Certainly, if Uppercut of Justice gets his way and I get the team, Joe Flacco wouldn't be a part of it in 2020. <laughs> so anyway, Broncos since seven. Hey guys, love the podcast and couldn't help but comment on a few of the recent conversations. First how do Broncos fans lose if the team ends up with Tom Brady? If he is the great number 12, that would be awesome. If he does awful, I get to laugh at all these terrible Brady lovers here in Mississippi. <laughs> My opinion is that Bill Belichick is the biggest reason for the Pats all-time great run anyway, not Brady. I agree with you. Secondly, did I hear this correctly twice in the past week? RK was given the choice of Denver sports stars to fill Broncos roster spots. And what does he do? Pick the tallest big-armed guy available for a quarterback. Such a John Elway move. I enjoy the info Mace brings to the pod. Miss RK when he isn't there, but have to encourage new subscribers to go with Zach hey. for the contest. Find myself
1: in his corner on most takes. Thanks, guys. I love you, Broncos, since seven. We love that you're rolling with us as well. So you think it's Belichick over Brady, huh, Mace?
2: Yes, absolutely. It's a- And I point to... 11-5. Yep, me too. Even though they missed the playoffs, they became literally the only 11-5 and five team that missed the playoffs in the last 33 years. The 85 Broncos were the last team before that. Back in 2008, when Tom Brady went down in week one, and they rode Matt Castle yep. to a terrific season in the end. Yep. Think about that, the fact that that was their down year. 11-5, missing the playoffs, and Matt Castle's their quarterback.
1: It's wild, huh?
2: Yeah, and I look at that. I look at the fact that the Patriots have evolved over time. This offense, where it is, this wasn't what they were running when Belichick got there. Mm. Now you've got Josh McDaniels, who's been on the staff for most of those years and other coaches who've been around Dante Skornecchia uh, all but a couple of years has been with the Patriots full-time and even when he wasn't there full-time with Belichick he was kind of a consultant but they've evolved they I remember I think it was back in 2004 the best player on that offense and the guy around whom game plans were built was Corey Dillon not Tom Brady So as players evolve, as they grow, as the game changes, you adapt to what it is. Mm -hmm. And that's why Bill Belichick kind of goes in that category of Adon Shula. For a shorter period of time, Joe Gibbs, as coaches who were successful because they looked at the talent, they looked at where the game was, and they changed to meet where it was. They weren't scheme dependent they were adaptable, right? They were chameleons to some degree. You know, Don Shula had a a long run with Dan Marino being successful. They didn't quite get over the hump, but they were a perennial contender and they were throwing the ball all around the field. In the 70s, it was a ground and pound team. Back with Larry Zonka, Mercury Morris, Jim Kick, and Bob Greasy handing the ball off. They were even a ground and pound team in the early 80s when they went to Super Bowl 17. It was, you know, Killer Bs on defense and uh, David Woodley handing the ball off on offense. So to me, that's the mark of a great coach
1: adaptability. Yep, I completely agree. And the Patriots are lucky because they have the goats at quarterback and and at head coach. I have
2: to throw Vince Lombardi in there as well, even though he didn't have as long a run as Bill Belichick did because his career was cut short by terminal cancer. But it was interesting to see how he won a certain way with the Packers, but then he went to Washington and he inherited Sonny Jurgensen and Charlie Taylor and uh, the great Jerry Smith at tight end and uh, realized I'm going to have to do this a different way. And Washington had its first winning season in I think 14 years. And it was a team that was throwing the ball around. It was, it's fascinating to think about what Washington might've become in the early 1970s with Lombardi coaching them because Based on that first season, 1969, they were well on their way to being a title contender. And I think the equation for success with Lombardi, everyone talks about the pack, the Packer sweep and the power game they had in Green Bay, but it would have looked a lot different in Washington. And again, that's the adaptability that great coaches have.
1: Right, exactly. So we love you, Broncos in seven. Thanks for the shout out as well. Next one coming in from World of Suck and Mace. This one is killing us with facts. It says, fact, no Broncos are in the top 10 in NFL and sacks. Fact. No Broncos are in the top 10 in the NFL in tackles. Fact. No Broncos are in the top 10 in NFL in interceptions. Fact. No Broncos are in the top 10 in the NFL in forced fumbles. Fact. No Broncos are in the top 10 in the NFL in QB hits. In spite of having zero zero statistical standout players, the Broncos are the third most efficient defense in the league, fourth in yards allowed per game, and eighth in scoring defense. This scheme must be incredible. I thought you guys told us we wouldn't see Fangio's defense take off until year two. Well, I didn't say that. I said you could expect that it would deliver
2: results in game one and they, in, in season one and it would keep getting better. Cause I talked about how the Bears defense in that first year with Fangio showed marked improvement despite the fact that personnel-wise, it wasn't where they wanted it to be. It was a lot of duct tape and bailing wire uh, type of solutions uh, back in that uh, 2015 season. And it was delivering uh, down the stretch. It was Brock Osweiler's first start. You remember the Broncos going to Chicago back in 2015. And yeah, with Osweiler in there, the offense wasn't great, but still the Bears shut them down after that, uh, that first long touchdown from Osweiler to Marius Thomas. The Broncos only had 10 points after that. The Bears, you know, temporary solutions and all, Put the clamps on them. That's why I'm really fascinated to see where this defense goes in year two and year three as you start changing out the personnel a little bit. Now, Alexander Johnson, I think, kind of puts you a step ahead of where you were expecting to be. Right. And that's significant. And so that's why with this defense, I kind of look at, okay, what have they done in the last five games? And the last five weeks, and that's where the results are clearly promising. Now, what's interesting, I looked at Alexander Johnson in terms of combined tackles in the last five weeks. I was thinking, okay, maybe he's in the top 10. 41 combined tackles. He's 19th in the
1: oh, last wow. five weeks. Wow. There's some tackles. I thought it, out there. I thought it would be higher. I thought so, too. Now,
2: let's take a look at sacks in the last five weeks, and I point to this because this is when they made the changes to put Alexander Johnson in, right. and they put um, put Alexander Johnson in, put Mike Purcell at Shall nose tackle. Us
1: out to the end.
2: Derek Wolf in the last five games, is
1: 11th oh. in,
2: in sacks. However, in uh, sacks per game, he climbs to tied for seventh.
1: There you go, top ten player. Right there you go. There. <laughs> All right. So we found a top ten. We found a top ten guy based on what they've done
2: since they made those changes. But I think you make a great point.
1: Yeah. Well, and here's World the thing, suck. here's the thing, World of Suck. What if it only gets better? Continues to get better. And that's kind of what we told you is it it, it it's only going to get better It could take some time. It's impressive how how quick it has been. Yeah. Gun Gun 89, my guys, big love for helping the Jersey pole gain
2: traction almost to decision time. I still say she should go for a tired player. <laughs> yeah. Can we isolate both the Zach saying, I'll eat anything on camera. In our case saying, Zach and I have been milking our udders and worked them into a special edition pod intro. That's gold, Jerry. Gold. <laughs> Actually, by the way, I've got a bobblehead of Kenny Bania
1: saying, that's gold, Jerry gold in fact <laughs> mace is uh mace is going to retrieve the bobblehead right now in his massive impressive collection here and he found it pretty quickly
2: all right well it was in the front row for a reason i thought i might need it for something like this <laughs>
1: oh, holy cow <laughs> who would have thought mace had a bobblehead that says that That's amazing.
2: Who would have thought? I'm sure there are some listeners saying, yeah, I would have thought that. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, shout out to Orange Crush for having to endure a loss for his first time to a Broncos game. Living in Virginia and attending the past two road trips to FedEx bleephole field. (laughs) I agree. Our boys took an embarrassing L. Chin up, my friend. The first in-person win will be all that more spectacular. Keep potting and go,
1: Broncos. Gun gun, we love you. Thanks for chiming in. Next one coming in from Me Chow. Hey, fellas, love this pod. Everybody saying BA is the next Simeon is forgetting that in 2017, Trevor was the quarterback of a Broncos offense that participated in producing 25 points in eight plus games or in eight games. How long has it been since the team has done that again? In fact, and sadly, he's probably been the best quarterback for this team since PFM hung him up. I agree Brandon Allen is not the long-term solution, but after one game with this team, at the very least is more watchable than with Flacco. Does anyone find it weird Flacco autocorrects to flaccid? Anyway, finding a (laughs) long-term backup quarterback is difficult and on good teams, and that position is always important. If Brandon Allen can be that guy for the next few years while John shakes more trees, well... Well, we could do worse,
2: Joe. (laughs) Could do worse, yes. It's a big if, and I remain in the category of people who will be surprised if Brandon Allen sustains this. Just again, based on what I saw of four years' worth of preseason work, it's been fascinating to see people get on the Brandon Allen bus. And I feel, I don't know. Maybe I'm negative. I'm just a realist. I'm like, hold it, hold it, <laughs> hold it here. Let's just uh ease up on that. So by the way, pointed to the uh the number of games in which the Broncos scored twenty-five or more points uh with Trevor Simeon. So let's see, it happened one, two, three, four, five, six. There it is, seven times in the twenty sixteen season alone. And then it happened in one of his start, or two of his starts in 2017, but one of them was Brock Osweiler coming in in the second quarter. Okay. So with that's one where I'm saying, okay, Osweiler gets the win in relief because Simeon didn't go five innings.
1: Right. So to speak. <laughs> right. Okay.
2: <laughs> so think about that. Eight games that Trevor Simeon started and finished, the Broncos scored 25 or more points. How about that? Since that eighth game. Oh, boy. And this was in week two of the 2017 season. The Broncos have only gotten to 25 three times. Oh,
1: boy. Three
2: times in the last 14, 30, the last 39 games. Oh, wow. That is unconscionably
1: bad. You know what? I I love me, Chow, for just pointing out how good Trevor Simeon is. Are you a Simeon, Stan? I love Simeon.
2: You know, you can't spell (laughs) Trevor Simeon without S-T-A-N.
1: Mm. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> oh, orange Crush. Is
2: it not fair to give Drew Locke a full year to prove he can or can't play at this level? I mean, look at the improvements Goff made with his second training camp. Draft two offensive linemen and a wide receiver with our first three picks and give him a chance to succeed. If he doesn't look at quarterback in 2021, I'm not sure what the
1: class is looking like, but it wasn't that long ago. This upcoming quarterback class looked pretty weak. Thoughts? And Meechow responded and said that would be fair, yes, but life isn't fair. With such a deep class this upcoming draft, the Broncos will be wise to know exactly what they have by the end of this season. The hope should be not looking to pick in top 10 in 2021.
2: Orange Crush responds, like I said, Locke can make significant improvements over another training camp even if he doesn't perform to expectations in the few games he plays this year.
1: Meechow responds, so if Locke goes out and looks like an average or below average quarterback, you are willing to let this upcoming quarterback class draft class oh just lost it um you're if Locke hasn't hmm you want me to start that because i got it right here yes please Reach yeah i got punched so, down
2: so if Locke goes out and looks just average or below average are you willing to let this upcoming quarterback class come and go without taking one if Locke hasn't put everyone's minds at ease by the end of the season, I think you've got to take a QB in the first round this April. Like I said, the goal should be to stop drafting in the top 10 every single year.
1: And this means you've got to take the franchise guy this offseason. And Orange Quest bun says, like Herbert, because you're not getting the other two. Herbert is worse than Mariota. Meekshaw, if you could get
2: from somewhere after pick 10, I could see him functioning in the current offense. I have zero faith Elway would change the scheme he loves so much. I tend to kind of be with Meekshaw on this. And look, this is the pros. This isn't little league this isn't okay this guy's gonna play you know you don't owe a player who hasn't proven himself to be of quality at this level you don't owe him anything and you owe it to yourself especially at the quarterback position to stock it as abundantly as possible until you find the guy and if you're picking in the top 10 again, and if you are in the conversation, maybe you're not in the conversation for Joe Burrow, but maybe you're in the Justin Herbert conversation. Or Jake Fromm. I tossed out Jacob Beeson. Now, I wouldn't want to draft Jacob Beeson, but in our roundtable, I mentioned Jacob Beeson as somebody the Broncos could trade back into round one and get. That said, I don't want any part of Jacob Beeson. He's tall. <laughs> he's a bit awkward. Like, he's 6'6". And to me, 6'6 is too tall. My height limit is six five. Peyton Manning, that's as tall as I would go as as a quarterback. Six six too tall. That's you know everyone has their baselines. That's mine. Yeah. And the other thing, and let's compare, say Joe Burrow with Jacob Eason. If you watch Joe Burrow, I think his gift is in his eyes and his ability to look his receivers open and even look open lanes for himself to scramble, because he's able to guide the safeties and linebackers in the direction he wants them to go and away from where he he wants to take the ball, whether it's with a pass or a scramble. Jacob Eason, I watch him, and I see a guy who locks on his receivers too much. And in fact, he threw a pick six at Oregon State on Friday night, which was all on him locking on the receiver in the flat.
1: And Mace, to, to, to get back to the broader question, I... You don't owe anyone anything in the NFL, but you're like, oh, oh, we got this guy, and he's unproven, but we owe him a shot.
2: No, no, right. no, 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 no. You can't operate that way. No,
1: no. But I think by where the Broncos are going to be drafting, how difficult it would be to get up to the number one, number two overall pick, and how I just don't think John always going to do that, I can definitely see the Broncos going with Drew Locke not because they owe it to him but just because they're not in a position to get a quarterback that they think is significantly better or worth the investment over Drew Locke for one year and then what are you doing after you go eight and eight
2: because your defense is all world but what if Drew Locke can't do it so you're picking 16th Yep. and then it's harder to get up than if you're picking in the top 10 you have to think about where you're drafting too
1: no disagreement here, Mace. I oh, completely you're, agree. You're, you're disagreeing with me right now. I just don't think I don't think that that's that's what John Elway is going to. Mace, I'm well, all for I'm okay. all for trading. So you're th-
2: you're putting yourself in John
1: Elway's shoes. Yeah, I'm all for trading three first round picks if you have identified the guy. I don't see that happening, and I see the Broncos playing themselves out uh, of being anywhere close enough to get a guy. That's why I think it's Drew Lock next year. Do you think it says something
2: that? The three of us who are usually on this podcast would go about building this team in a completely different
1: manner than John Elway. Yeah. Yeah. Just a thought that I had. Yeah. Anyway. It is, it is interesting. And and Mace, before we move on, I got to ask you guys a question. Who wants to make some money? The answer? Everyone, everyone wants to make money, and here's the easiest way you can add a few bucks to the wallet. Denver's newest travel hack is here, and it's called Drift Car Sharing. And Drift shares locally owned cars with incoming travelers at Denver International Airport for a better experience than car rental. So skip the chaos to save on time and fees when you book or You can share your car to earn and park for free while you travel. That's right. You can book a car through Drift or you can rent out your own car through Drift. Plus, there's no under 25 fee rule, so it's perfect for friends coming to visit. Drift is great if you're going home for break and perfect for extended travel like a semester abroad. Allstate Insurance covers your car every trip and Drift cleans it inside and out. That's right. Even if your car isn't rented out while you travel, Drift will still clean your car upon arrival. Get all the information you need at drivedrift.com. That's drivedrift.com.
2: Bleed orange blue. Do you think the Broncos regret drafting Noah Fant? When the Broncos acquired Flacco, he relied heavily on his tight ends and Elway expecting to be in a Broncos jersey for three or four years. Joe Flacco is no longer the starting quarterback, thank God, but now we have a new starting quarterback. Does the West coast system still rely heavily on the tight end or did the Broncos select fan because of the trade for Flacco
1: and his use of tight ends in the past? No, they don't regret taking Noah fan. No, they don't because look, Noah fan had his best game by far after the Joe Flacco era ended and just look at the guy that Rich Scangarello points to when asked about Noah Fant. That's George Kittle out in San Francisco running a similar scheme. And look, George Kittle is the best tight end in the game in the past year. And, and he'll
2: half. be happy to point out to you where Noah Fant is pace-wise
1: compared to George Kittle as rookie as well. Exactly. And that is better than George Kittle. Next one coming in from Mr. Caffeine Addict. Caf- Caffeine Addict? Mace, what is that? Mr. Caffeine Mc- Addict? Mc- Caffeine Addict. Mick Mc- Addict. Addict. Hello. I've been listening all season and now subscribed. You got me. Well, sort of. My girlfriend got me an annual subscription as an early birthday present. Think I have a keeper? LOL. Yes. Absolutely. She didn't know about using your names as a promo code, so I'm so sorry. I didn't count as a vote. He says this. I would have used Zach, my man. Mick. McCaffreen Addict, I love you. I've been a Broncos fan my whole life, even though I grew up in Wisconsin. Long story short, my cool uncle is from Denver, and the Packers have gross colors and uniforms, a very important factor for a 7-year-old. I now live in Indianapolis and was so thrilled to see the Broncos come to town this year, despite how they played. I hope this wasn't too long. Happy to be here, and go Broncos. And McCaffreen Addict, we're so happy to have you rolling with us. Thanks so, for checking so in. So
2: happy to have you, but at the same time, if you're better have had used... A promotional code. Maybe you should have used Mace because <laughs> I married a girl from Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm sitting here in the uh the TV room in my basement, and you can see a picture of Camp Randall Stadium. And of course, there's also Packer stuff. There's a framed Green Bay Packers share with those ugly colors that you speak of. <laughs> I don't think they're ugly. I think they're fine. I think green and gold are fine. But uh, that's just me. Good answer, Mace. Yes. Coach Tobin, hi, fellas, few things. I really believe Locke is who the Broncos believe in. Are they following the Chiefs' first season with Mahomes? He sat and they gave him the reins after sitting in the redshirt year. I really hope so. If you put Drew Locke in LSU offense this year, would he be similar to that Burrow guy? Lots of talent and a great offense. I can't help can't help but think Drew would look the same. Point being, do we already have a guy like Burrow? Lastly, the Dolphins are no longer tanking for Tua. Blow for Joe, or if you prefer, blow for Burrow. Plus, Tua can't go to the Dolphins. Number 13 is retired. I love you guys. How about this? Barry for Burrow. That's nice. I like that. One thing about uh, the Chiefs with Mahomes. If the Chiefs weren't a playoff contender in 2017, would they have really sat Mahomes until Week 17? No. No. They, they would have played him a lot earlier yep. than that. So it's worth noting they were in a significantly different situation franchise-wise than the Broncos are
1: now. And At- really quick, Mace, also yeah. with out-of-this-world quarterback play from Alex Smith that year especially compared to what the Broncos have right exactly, now. Exactly, so, exactly. As for Locke
2: in an LSU offense, I don't think he would have been as good. I think he would have been effective, but I don't think he would have been as accurate. So, and, and again, the other thing with Burrow is using his eyes to create openings for receivers. I, I didn't see Drew Locke doing that at anywhere near the same level that Joe Burrow is right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's my take on that. And here's the thing, I think if given the choice— Every single NFL executive would take Joe Burrow over Drew Lock, right
2: and I'm pretty sure that Tua will be more than happy to take another number in Miami,
1: even <laughs> if he can't get number thirteen. I'm sure. Next one coming in from not Philip Lindsey. Speaking of FOD, have you guys ever been to the Buckhorn Exchange? I went once when I came to Denver. Boy, this is a tough one to read. Not Philip Lindsey left off all of the, a lot of. Letters in a lot this of comment. Vowels. Do you know where it goes from here? I suggest if going. If not, I suggest mm. going
2: there for authentic meats like buffalo, bison, and okay I don't elk. Elk. elk! elk!
1: <laughs> Boy, I'm happy that I'm happy the May struggled. It made me feel a little better about struggling. It's so actually that. a
2: test. They say that the brain can process words that are missing
1: letters pretty easily and i think this is sort of a test it was it was the the, the, just f at the beginning of a sentence is was tough but you're right it was if yeah (laughs) anyway that was a fun one that Uh, was a good one good challenge
2: onion booty
1: bronco (laughs) gents
2: top of the monday to you ryan i can't thank you enough for the thoughtful suggestion to tar and feather our deplorable commissioner dubell I'm giving myself the Dobby bang head against dresser treatment for not having come up with it myself. Bad booty, bad booty. You're absolutely 100% without question. No shadow of a doubt going to tar and feather. This delinquent, I wish we had the technology and endowment to ship the man to the moon. But, truth be told, I'd miss him too much, even if his mother, Team Gorski, would approve of it, which she would. Our League thrives in dysfunction and conspiracy, and Dubell remains, hands down, the most qualified to steer the ship astray. For that reason, he will keep his crown when the tar and feathering is concluded, and there are permanent images both still in motion, to forever remind him of his humiliation. <laughs> any hooser, even at three and six, have been getting sentimental lately about the players on our beloved Broncos. It seems there are so many cool guys with whom it would be sensational to imbibe moderate to severe amounts of alcohol or with whom to just shoot the S word. Billy Will, AJ the Velociraptor, best hands in the league, Shelby, Court, Bond, Phil, KJAC TV, Hometown Dalton, Bradley, Scrub-a-dub, Chubb. I mean, the list goes on. As insiders, can you speak of any unsung characters we might not know our riot in part two. If you could form a team of three Broncos players to compete in improv comedy tournament, who would you draft on your squad and why love onion? Booty Bronco. Okay. All right. Uh unsung players that are a riot. Hmm. I think you pretty much named most of them. I, mean, I was there, gonna say Will there Parks are some, is a good one. Yeah, Will Parks. And actually Will Parks is my team of three Broncos to compete in an improv comedy tournament. I'm going to go for an ex-Bronco who actually has done some stand-up in the past on that improv comedy team. Remember Keith Burns? Of course. Yes. Yep, yep. So you'd have to include him. He's one of the funniest people i ever come across. And if we're going to go ex-Broncos, I'm going to throw Shannon Sharp in there.
1: Mm, I like that. I like that. Current Broncos, Vaughn's a good one. Will Parks is a good one. Man, Peyton, if we're going, if we're going uh, ex-Broncos, that's a guy that's hosted SNL. Yes, that's true. <laughs> 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 All right, next one coming in from... Crazy. Oh, wait.
2: We got another one from Onion Booty here. Also, let the record show I will not clip your take on our trial for the league. Unlike the despicable Dubell, I'm a man of integrity. Also, I value our friendship, guys. would never compromise Oh,
1: <laughs> We love you. Next one coming in from Crazy Maniac. Hey, guys. I stumbled upon your podcast right before the start of the season, and now I cannot stop listening. We'd love to hear that. I've recently subscribed using code Zach because underdog stories are as great as a Von Miller strip sack, although I have listened to and enjoyed Mesa stuff in the past. You're going to well, turn this underdog into a juggernaut. you <laughs> to be careful. No, let me tell you. I'm still the underdog, so I really appreciate people like Crazy Maniac, and we, of course, Love that you're joining us no matter This is what like the Patriots Calling themselves an underdog <laughs> <month>. <laughs> I recently traveled to Denver From a small town in Missouri Called Warrensburg I spent about a week there And got engaged at Bear Lake Congratulations Additionally I brought home some Strawberry skies And they are fantastic You guys make cubicle life a little less boring and i appreciate all of your takes keep up the fine work thanks for all you do skyler Skylar, we're so happy to have you on board and thank you so much welcome for aboard it's
2: actually kind of cool to hear about the uh the broncos fans that join us in the heart of enemy territory <laughs> warrensburg yeah. is a uh, little over an hour i think from kansas city home of the okay. university of central missouri as yep.
1: well
2: yep you know what the uh The nickname for Central Missouri is... What? Well, they have two nicknames. One for the men's teams, one for the women's teams. Hmm. The men are the mules. The women are the jennies.
1: (laughs) Mules and the jennies. (laughs) That's
2: very... Central Missouri, right there. <laughs> yep, that's killing that's <laughs> killing me
1: with facts, Mace. Well,
2: I've spent a little time there, so know all about <laughs> it. YO Bronco, hey, how's it going for my favorite three amigos? No, 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 TB twelve. Love me some Joe Burrow. <laughs> uh, 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 Liked him last year, even when he wasn't looking as good as he is this year. I'm not very high on Herbert. And a couple of games back, the announcer said that he isn't and doesn't want to be a leader in the locker room. That's a big red flag to me.
1: Thoughts? Hmm. I I'd haven't heard that, but yeah, you need your quarterback to be a leader, as we've found out the past few years mm-hmm. in Denver. Yeah, good point.
2: I like fixing our line in the draft as opposed to free agency because of the cost-effectiveness of it and let Munchak develop them. Thoughts? If you can, absolutely. I think uh you should be looking at that. If quarterback is something that you have to look at, then you have to put the O-line down the list a little bit, but yep. then you still address it mid-rounds. And remember, some of Mike Munchak's best success stories were mid round to even undrafted guys Alejandro Villanueva a converted tight end undrafted in Pittsburgh and he made a pro bowl all pro type of tackle out of him it can be done left tackle should be the first lineman taken then interior do you target a center or guard or you target best available and move Connor if needed
1: yeah, I'm I'm okay with moving Connor, personally. If if that center is there, move move Connor to guard. I'm
2: fine doing that uh, left tackle. One way or another, it's the top priority. Yep. How about that LSU-Bama game? Go Tigers. Unfortunately, Ooh. the receivers on both teams didn't quite live up to the hype, but those two running backs did. Judy looked human against real competition. Sorry, Mace, your boy Stingley Jr. was looking like Yadam out there. Didn't belong, <laughs> but he's a true freshman, so it's not time will tell. Thank you. You just said true freshman.
1: It, it's true, but I was impressed with how often they were going to him.
2: Yeah, attacking him, they were testing him. Yep, and I mean it was that last play at the end that kind of sticks with everybody, right? So, but right. he was he was holding up well. He, I mean, look, he was uh, he was holding up well, better than uh, Delpit did at times. Of course, Delpit was hurt. Yep, and moving a safety. I saw a mock draft with Grant Delpit going to the Broncos. Ooh. Can't see that happening. No, I can't not either. A, not no at way. all. Was there any Bronco brass there? So much talent on display. I think what about three uh, scouts? Yep, were down there
1: yeah john elway come... was not down there yeah that's... but they did have some scouts yeah
2: drew must get back to practice this week they can say they are following Favre, rogers or smith mahomes model but they aren't because those guys were actually practicing <laughs> last thing why do you think rd isn't getting the turnovers like we thought they would is it still getting up to speed and fangio's th- scheme thing later boys thanks i think part of it with the defense is not as many opportunities for takeaways you Seen them playing from behind quite a bit. Teams are playing conservatively against the Broncos. Some of their defensive success in terms of the scoreboard total is because teams for the most part, no, they can dial it back a little bit simply because the Broncos' offense isn't capable of getting into a shootout.
1: It's true. It's true. You're 100% right there, Mace. Next one coming in from Lone Star Bronco. Do y'all think Cam has a chance to win Comeback Player of the Year after Elway trades for him? I hate it, but I just can't see a route in which Cam is not the quarterback for the Broncos. He's tall, strong-arm, former MVP, and past his prime tailor-made for Elway. Also, there's no number one on the roster. Your quarterback room would consist of jerseys number one, two, and three. Like, that's kind of cool, I guess. I'm dead set against this, but Elway doesn't care what I think, LOL. Three days until I get married and four days until I leave for a seven-day cruise. Just got to make it that long. congratulations. congratulations, Lone Star Bronco. Thanks for chiming in. I I might regret saying this, but (laughs) I don't think
2: you have to worry about Cam Newton being an Denver Bronco. I hope you don't have to regret saying that, Mace. (laughs) Well, part of it is, if they're so hell-bent on the scheme, he's a guy who really doesn't fit what they would want to do schematically. I'll scare some Bronco fans by saying this. Jameis Winston is a better fit schematically for what the Broncos would want to do.
1: (laughs) And how do you feel about that, Mace, the guy who knows Jameis better than anyone? Well, the guy you'd be hoping that he mimicked would be
2: Jake Plummer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You try to turn him in you remember how you had No Mistake Jake got you all the way to the AFC championship game? Yep. You'd try to do the same thing with Jameis and get him to play within the scheme and say, No Mistake Jameis. Yeah, No Mistake Jameis is, doesn't it, really
1: ring. Right. And I think there's a reason for that, is because he's Mistake Jameis. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing is that um
2: uh,
1: Don't say it, Mace. What is it? Oh, shaking his head. I don't
2: know what I'd do if I had to keep watching James Winston <laughs> every week.
1: I'm going to say neither of those happen. That makes Lone Star Bronco happy. That makes Mace happy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> James Winston, every three or four games, looks like looks like the best quarterback in football. And even in the bad games, has three or four throws that make you say, wow, he's got it. But then just it's just mind-numbingly bad decisions. <laughs> yep. And I'm reminded of this again because I sat and watched that game live yesterday. Just
1: stop. Stop. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Moving really on.
2: Feel? Oklahoma Bronco 58. Before I have a breakdown. Mace, I hate to say it, but it looks like your guy Burrow locked up the number one pick this weekend in the sanctuary of the Heisman. But there is one guy who will be in prime position for the Broncos to get the best deal and talent grab of the draft. Oh, you guessed it, C.D. Lamb. Oh. Dude was a monster again this weekend with 167 and two touchdowns this weekend. I understand left tackle is a huge need, but this draft is deep with linemen and receivers, and with the non-existence of another wide receiver on the roster, I would dare to say that we need a great one-two punch there, or maybe more than an O-line. Plus, we can always sign a tackle on free agency, albeit not the greatest strategy, or trade. Back up if there's a guy you like in the first round. I just think it would be dumb to pass on a guy that has the potential to be an all-pro for years to come and wait until the third round and take a chance on getting another Deshaun Hamilton type that just disappoints. If we're sitting at 10-14 to 14 and CD is sitting there, I don't know how we wouldn't pounce on them if the top half of the draft is really
1: a talent grab. Gosh. I mean, there's a good argument there, but i got to address offensive line in the first round if it's not quarterback. Yeah.
2: It's O-line and quarterback, and unfortunately, with those two holes, receiver there, that's kind of a luxury item. Yep, I don't think the Broncos are at the point in their development where they can say we're going all-in for a wide receiver. Remember, the Falcons did kind of an all-in move to get uh, Julio Jones a few years ago. Yep. They could do that because they had invested in the O-line and they had Matt Ryan. Yep. Broncos aren't there right now.
1: Well, Mace, how about this? Our final question fits in perfectly with this. Coming in from Aquaman, what does the free agent wide receiver pool look like for this year? Any good options for a number two wide receiver in free agency? There are always options for
2: a number two wide receiver. That's the one thing that you can sit there and find. And I would say this, because you've got Cortland Sutton, you've found your wide receiver one. Now what you're looking yep. for and I think you use the rest of the season to really get an audition on Deshaun Hamilton and Tim Patrick when he gets back. But you use the off season to look for a wide wide receiver too. Now, AJ Green is currently top of the market, even though he's got injury concerns. Some would say the best receiver on the market is
1: Manuel Sanders. Oh wow! Well, he's not coming back. Yeah. Um, Mace, personally, that's the route I would want to take to get a number two. I'd rather go the free agent route than use my first overall pick. But, hey, I would love to use a second or third round pick on a wide receiver.
2: How does someone like Randall Cobb, a veteran, strike you?
1: Sure. Not not exciting, but very solid. Better than what the Broncos have now. How about
2: Robbie Anderson from
1: the Jets? Yeah. I mean, explosive. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Zach Pascal, who's had some good moments for the Colts. He's yep. He is uh, an exclusive rights free agent. Sorry, so okay. he, he's not going to be in the mix there. Uh, but looking at the unrestricted free agents, let's see. You got um, you got the Marcus Robinson, Kansas City, Larry Fitzgerald, Arizona. Although I think he stays in
1: Arizona yeah, with Kyler. Um,
2: does drop off.
1: So here's what I do. I, tra- I, I use Benny my Second Fowler or is actually pick. listed oh, on. Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> no, no speed, no <laughs> speed, not <laughs> not a chance. So I'm using second or third round pick. What are you doing, Mace?
2: I'm using a third round pick.
1: Yep. There we go. And you can get talent like we saw this year.
2: And again, that's the thing. If, if wide receiver were the last piece of the puzzle, by all means, go get
1: CD lamb in
2: round, sure. round one makes a sure. lot of sense. Yep. Uh, very too many other needs player. on the roster right now.
1: I completely agree. And Mace, that'll do it for us today. We're going to go talk to Vic Fangio, see how his bye week was and see what the plan is moving forward. See if drew Locke is practicing this week. Mace. I love rolling with you today. Thank you all so much for rolling with us. We can't wait to talk to you tomorrow. Have a fantastic Monday. Area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just
0: take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors is it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy spirit, then Davidson's is usually
2: my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the uh, extensive selection of some uh, hard to find items.
0: But that's not all. Every
2: department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking
0: for. But I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirits staff about different bourbons and different vodkas
2: and I'm always chatting. With the wine staff about different things and
0: saying, oh, I like this. What else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. Uh, wines, I find them extremely helpful in helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch, and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. Get me down, waiting for you.